0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast.
1: SOS number
0: 17. Uh, Today, we're going to just be reviewing the week's events, the week of February the 12th, 2021. It was a action-packed week. But before we get into that, I just want to say I'm a big believer in being thankful for things when they happen. And you recognize that you have an opportunity to be thankful, to show gratitude. I have an alarm on my phone. And uh, that's what I use for my alarm. I use the same alarm clock from the time I was in middle school up until now. But the phone has finally become my alarm clock. And it's a, you know, newfangled, fancy uh, thing where I just tell Google, Google set my alarm for 8 in the morning. And it does it. And it buzzes and it plays a little song, and then a lady comes on and starts talking. And she says, Good morning. Today is February 12th, 2021. The temperature outside is three degrees. And when she said that, I thought to myself, I am so lucky to be inside under the covers in a house that has a furnace. Where the temperature indoors is 68 degrees and i think a lot of times we take that stuff for granted but just that little that robot lady telling me it's three degrees outside it's like wow i think i should take this opportunity and be thankful for the things i have
1: that's very very true and to be thankful all you need is one time or at one extended time period of time be outside uh, and you can't come inside and you are outside and you wake up and you say man if I ever get warm again Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll always be thankful for it or if I'll ever have food again I'll always be thankful for it Uh, or if I'm always if I'm ever safe again or someplace I'll always be thankful for it because I think we take it for granted and it it, it, is a, it is a blessing. It is a privilege. And uh, those things can be taken away from us very, very quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think it's fascinating that you can sort of let that information just wash over your head and say, oh, three degrees. Or it can be a catalyst to, to gratitude. Say, wow, it's three degrees outside. I'm glad I'm in here. But then I started thinking, then you and I sort of arose from my slumber, and you know, you sort of shake out the cobwebs, and I'm thinking, today is a good argument for having an office building. Because if you work from home, and it's three degrees outside, and you can just crawl back into bed and get underneath the covers, you don't have that option at an office. And I think there's a reason why, you know, offices were invented. I mean, first of all, communication wasn't as good as it used to be, but uh, so now, you know, you can we can talk like we're face to face and we're on the computer. But also, you know, when you have an office, someone goes into the office and they're like, okay, for the next eight hours, I'm locked in, I'm working. When you're at home and you have the option to say, you know what? For the next one and a half hours, I'm going back to bed and getting under the covers. <laughs> uh,
1: That's true.
0: You don't really have that option at the office. So yeah, I was just
1: thinking about that too. But first and foremost, well, thank- the other thing I the other thing, David, about being in an office that I've noticed since I've been home is that if you want to talk to someone face to face, you can't say, so, "Oh, you can use." You can use Skype, what we're using right now, or you can use Zoom, or you can use any type of uh, 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 social media to to connect with anyone. Yeah, you can. But you have to set it up. They have to be there. You have to be there. And then you can talk. But if we're in an office building, I know many times people knock on my door and say, hey, uh, do you have a minute? Yeah, yeah, sure. Quick question. Yeah, sure. You know, or I go down the hall and Knock, knock. I said, hey, quick question. What about this? They go, oh, yeah, fine. Okay, then I go back. And you have an office building of all your colleagues that you can go around and just ask things real quick. Just, just a one sentence answer, question, one sentence answer. Go back to your office and keep working. Mm-hmm. You can't do that now. That that doesn't that doesn't exist. How do you you can call someone on a phone, but they may or may not answer. I think that's uh,
0: what that's what things like Slack or Microsoft Teams are for. But that's still not the same as face-to-face interaction.
1: Well, you have to set it up. They have to be there on the, at the software. Well, no, like
0: yeah, it's true. They have to be at their
1: computer. But it's like if they're
0: not at their desk. And there's something about, like, you can get an email and just say, I'm going to just blow that off for six hours. I might blow it off altogether. If someone okay. comes to your door... And they say, hey, I got a quick question. You can't say, I don't see you. <laughs> you know? Go away. I don't see you. Uh, you can do that with an email or with a Slack message. or
1: In the office, you see someone in the hall. Uh-huh. You see someone, oh, hi, hi. I meant to ask you about this. Oh, yeah, sure, fine. Okay, fine. You walk on, walk And you walk by and you say that. you know, Oh, were you going to do this? Yeah, I was going to do that. I'll do it tomorrow. Okay, fine. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And... You can't do that now. So it is a different culture. It yeah. is a different culture. So there are some things to be thankful for here because you know you got a lot of the amenities of home, uh, but also at the office there's some things that are positive too. Mm-hmm. And also at the office you keep working and you keep working here. It's easy to I uh, think I'll take an hour nap. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but you have to get used to it. You have to get used to it.
0: But honestly, though. Uh, an argument, because I'm a big proponent of working from home, but the the hour you spend napping is an hour you might have spent in commute, or an hour you might have spent that someone came to your office door and started jabber-jawing with you. You chit-chat before you know it, 30 minutes is gone. That happens twice. That's an hour. So, I mean, I feel like if you want to take a nap and you're not hurting anyone, you're getting all your work done, you know, more power to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, a lot of things to be thankful for. I think this week, I know for me, uh, looking at what's happening with the uh, uh, trial, uh, I'm just thankful we have a country that we are discussing this uh, and in a trial, in a, in a chamber, and we're just talking about it. And uh, again, there's no, there's no violence mm-hmm. in addressing violence. We address violence with dialogue. We don't address violence with violence. And I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. However it comes out, you know, however it comes out, uh, we're addressing it the right way. And that's what it should be.
0: I, I think it's interesting, too, because... Um, let me just see if I can pull up a clip. But, you know, I think that the, the Democrats with the whole impeachment thing they're basically trying to say this was bad this was super bad and we're going to show you images of how it was bad and we're going to show you a clear line from the things the president said to the fact that a lot of us almost died that day and we know you're going to say that he's innocent but we're going to make it hard for you to sit there with a straight face and say that he's innocent at the end of the day, because you're going to see this stuff and you're going to know we're right. Uh, you're going to know that our argument that the president was in large part responsible for inciting the gang of uh, terror, domestic terrorists that broke into the Capitol, that argument is pretty cogent, and you're going to know that in your heart. But you're still going to vote, uh, you know, to get, let him off the hook because you have to politically. But it's going to be tough for you. You know,
1: I think we've mentioned this before, that I think what the what uh, the uh, arguments for the prosecution were, were the facts. Look what's happening. And then this is what logically your conclusion should be. And I don't know what we're going to see today. Today, they're going to start deliberation on the defense side. Uh, and also presentations on the defense side. I think what we're going to say is that this is the way we see it. And this is the way we're going to believe it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's just, you can't deny that it happened. And but you see it a certain way. Uh, but getting back to be thankful, I'm thankful that whatever happens, uh, these sides are coming together and we are resolving this with dialogue. Uh, There's some other things to be thankful for, too, and also to be wary of uh, with with all of these happening.
0: Yeah. Um, Can I play a clip for you? Yeah. We'll watch this clip. Uh, I think that. uh, Sort of ragging on Lindsey Graham for being a hypocrite, it's become. sort of Easy. But this is Lindsey Graham in 1999. Uh, There's a bunch of versions of this. Let me choose one. Uh, I I like the one that's now this. I think that one's pretty distilled. Where is it? Where did it go? It went away, Mikey. I'll just use the, uh, I'll use the, oh, here it is.
2: Impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't even have to be convicted of a crime to lose your job in this constitutional republic if this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role. Because impeachment is not about punishment. Impeachment is about cleansing the office. Impeachment is about restoring honor and integrity to the office. You know what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, uh, not fit to be president. I'm not going to try to get into the mind of Donald Trump because I don't think there's a whole lot of space there. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. And you know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell. Mr. President, everybody in this room has one thing in common. We all have your back. Oh, my
0: Lindsay, my Lindsay.
2: I want you to use my words against me if there's a republican president in 2016 and a vacancy occurs in the last year of the first term you can say lindsey graham said let's let the next president who it whoever it might be make that nomination and you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely right You don't even have to be convicted of a crime. To lose your job in this constitutional republic, if this body determines that your conduct as a public official is clearly out of bounds in your role. From my point of view, to impeach any president over a phone call like this would be insane. And the big problem I have, if we don't get to call meaningful witnesses, direct witnesses to the point, is that you're basically changing impeachment. I am clearly made up my mind. I'm not trying to hide the fact that I have disdain for the accusations in the process, so I don't need any witnesses. Some people have said, I won't vote for impeachment. Some House members have said, I will not vote for an impeachment. Let me tell you, Please don't say that until you understand what you're voting on. The Senate
0: has a constitutional duty in holding this trial and comprehensively evaluating the case. Agree?
2: Uh, no, it doesn't say that in the Constitution. Members of the Senate have said, I understand everything there is about this case, and I won't vote to impeach the president. Please allow the facts to do the talking. I am trying to give a pretty clear signal. I have made up my mind. (laughs) I, I'm not I, I trying wasn't to in pretend any doubt. To be a fair kidding. juror here. If Jeff Sessions is fired, there will be holy hell to pay. The president's entitled to attorney general he has faith in. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. No, I don't think he's a xenophobic, race-baiting, religious bigot as a- president. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. Mr. President, thank you for being the best commander in chief since Ronald Reagan. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. You know, what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, uh, not fit to be president. Donald Trump is the most unelectable Republican I've seen in my lifetime. You're going to kick their ass
3: in November.
0: he's still in congress he's well i also feel like um how can you trust anything that guy says he's uh i mean i know that all politicians do this double talk thing but that's pretty blatant uh
1: he's still in office Mm-hmm. he's still in office yeah well one thing that troubles me that that was really good david that was that was revealing and i think uh uh, we would never have seen this today if it wasn't for social media mm-hmm. and ability to pull up the you, we, you were be able to pull up these things and look, look at this, you know, and pull up the video. And uh, this this is new. We have we've never seen that before. Uh, I mean, in history. Uh, one thing that bothers me that I've been thinking a lot about about this, this trial is that you. Uh, it's it's so much more. So much. I hope I can say this right. This trial is so much more than Donald Trump. It's so much more than the the coup, the insurgent insurgents, the the coup, the overtake of the government, the changing of our process uh, by the mob. Uh, that that uh, again they said and they they showed he called them, he he incited them, he sent them, he pointed them, and they went and they did what he said, fight like hell. And they did. And uh, it's much more about that. I think it's more about the integrity of our system, uh, of our democracy, uh, and also of the Republican Party. I think in order for our country to be healthy, we need at least a two-party system, uh, and the Republican Party is going to be hurt by this, and the our country is going to hurt by that internally and also externally. Our allies, what are they going to think of this? Also, the, third, the, the all the countries that are trying to do democracy that point to the United States as a, as a model, it's going to hurt them. In other words, so these people are going to vote have to think much more than just what happened on January 6th, much more than what the arguments were uh, coming up to the the, uh, the uh, rebuttal uh, from the the defense side and their vote, much more than that. It's how are these people who are in charge of this government going to respond to something that other countries see, and we've seen it, Over and over and over again, bloodshed, violence, that's how countries are taken. And wait a minute, America wasn't that way, but if America tried and they failed and they say there's nothing wrong with that, or there's something wrong with that, well, we're not going to punish it, or uh, we're going to move forward and not do anything about it, all of a sudden, that, to the other countries, are condoning those, those types of insurgencies and coups. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see more of them. And I think there's a great responsibility on our congressmen to think about what are the implications of where they are and what they're doing. It's not just about their seat back home. It's about the future of our country. And it's about the future of democracy in the world. Because the world is watching. When this happened, how many countries... Our allies and even other countries either made comments and statements about it or they turned around and they started uh, violence and they started insurgency. Like Myanmar. How many times? Like, like Myanmar. And there's other places, too, that are, that are mold, smoldering and they're going to start moving in this direction because the, the side that says no and the side that says yes. And, OK, uh, where's your model?
0: Yeah, where a a democratic outcome of an election is not appreciated by the people with the hard power. And they say, yeah, they may have voted, but all we have to do since we control the military is say it was rigged. And then let's march our troops in and arrest everyone that won the election. And then say, we're going to put in the people that actually won the election, which is military generals and colonels. And the thing is, they now have a model for that behavior.
1: They do. And you say... It was stolen. Uh, no, I can show you where it was not stolen. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's false. It's false reporting. It's a lie. What I say is true, and I have the military. So, or I have the mob, and so I'm going to I'm going to have violence to become uh, to take over this country. That's the message that's being sent. That's the model that's being sent, and I think uh, that uh, our congressmen and congressmen and women have a much graver responsibility in this endeavor. It's not just saving your seat back home. Those seats will come and go. Governments have impact on millions of people. And there's your responsibility, when you're sent as a representative, uh, either a Senator or House of Representative, when you're sent as a Congressman to, to represent uh, our country and our people, In this country, it's a much greater responsibility than you think because people are watching. Yeah, I think uh, an
0: analogy is, let's say you play on a football team and your team's doing well. They win some games, but then they start losing. You know, they lose a couple games in a row and you always do what's right for the team. You always do what your coach says and you're losing. It's the fourth quarter. And their quarterback is killing you. He's Tom Brady in you. He's, you know, hitting passes all over the field. And your coach says, listen, you always do what's right for the team. I want you to go out there and spear this guy's knee. Take him out. And you say, well, that doesn't seem right, but the team's asking me to. So that's what I'm going to do. And I think at some point you have to have an individual conscience. You have to say, what's right for the team or what will help the team win, is not necessarily what's right morally. And you have to have the ability to, to discern between winning and doing what's right. And I think that a lot of times that line gets blurred. Well, we're going to do this and it's wrong, but we'll win, and that's for the greater good. And if you start compromising your morality just to win, there's virtually no line. I guess that's a slippery slope argument, but if you start saying, yeah, we might have to kill a few people, but hey, we'll win. Uh, You know, where does it stop?
1: I think you've mentioned or somewhere it says the long arm of history bends toward justice. Yeah. Or or something like that. I
0: think it's a Martin Luther King quote.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, But that's only true if good people speak up it doesn't bend toward justice if enough of good people are silent and uh i'm beginning to see things a lot of things in our country but also uh the the element in our country and it's not a majority it's a it's a minority but it's a strong minority that's moving toward things that are not necessarily justice or the public good it's Personal good, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't look for for. It's not good for the country's uh, uh, liberty, for everyone, where every man is not created equal, and so, th- the congressmen again and congressmen and women have a much greater responsibility than just this vote. I think the people are watching. What direction are they going to go? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not just about Trump. Way beyond that. It's not even about january 6th the implications of that is way beyond that i think it's much more serious and i would love to have heard that said on the on the senate floor when they were debating this this last this last however many hours that they for the prosecution mm-hmm. uh they did mention things like that but it wasn't a central theme and i wish it was a central theme i Because the, i i feel that is much stronger
0: the one guy ted lou i thought he had a good point he's like i'm not worried that he's going to run again I'm worried that he's going to run again and lose because then who knows what's going to happen you know because the elections we do everything we can to ensure their integrity and then you have this guy come in and say they're only they only have integrity if I win and he undermines that integrity uh, now if he actually does win, he doesn't have to undermine the integrity of the election. But Ted lose worried that he runs again and loses because he'll once again undermine the integrity of the election with his words, um, even though the election was sound. And I think that's kind of a good point.
1: And it's not about him. It's about he is saying that that's stolen and he's speaking for millions of people in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so what does that say about the United States uh, who... We the people and justice and freedom. And what does it say? And what does it say to people who are fighting and dying for democracy to have a life over there uh, in other countries? I think there's, again, I think it's a much, much bigger issue that we have to. uh, And you say, oh, wow, well, we're not a model. Yeah, we are. Our words matter, our actions matter, our votes matter. It's not just on what we're voting on. Mm-hmm. People are watching what you're doing. And it has consequences. And the consequences are millions and millions of lives uh, all over the world.
0: Yeah, history yeah. has its eyes on you, like Hamilton, right?
1: Yeah, and it's true today. It's very true. And I, I wish that, that issue was brought forward in a much stronger way. So that because the people to vote, they're going to say, yeah, you know, this is not a big deal. Let's just move on. It is a big deal. And they say, uh, well, you know, in their back in their mind, they're saying, well, I know all my people are for Trump. I don't want to lose my seat. Losing your seat, they come and go. And we're talking about one person. you putting yourself above uh, the good of. Of people, hundreds mm-hmm. and millions of people. I don't know. Uh, of course, uh, people can look at it different ways, they and say, it's not what they—it's not what the truth is, it's not what the logic is. It's what do they believe? Mm-hmm. Well, let's back up and look at what do you believe is the greater good—not—not not the personal good, but the greater good. I what is the, that going to be?
0: That guy from Illinois, Kinzinger. Of course, it's easy to sort of respect Republicans who buck the trend if you feel like what the former the disgraced former president did was impeachable and you see Republicans saying listen I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Republican I'm a conservative I vote for conservative issues I have conservative fiscal policy conservative social policy but I also feel like what this guy did was impeachable you know you kind of got to respect that and uh the guy Kinzinger from Illinois he's like yeah I was in the military I served two tours in Afghanistan And, of course, I'm going to vote for impeachment because if I was willing to give my life for my country, like, I should be willing to give my job for my country. If I get primaried and I lose my job, who cares as long as I'm doing what's right, you know? When I fought in Afghanistan, I was doing what's right and I was willing to give my life for my country. Now I'm fighting in Congress. And all that I have to lose is my job by saying, this guy deserves to be punished for what he's done. And I think that's kind of a good point.
1: Yep. And we would not have a country today like we do if there weren't people like that. Mm -hmm. There were men and women who said, I got to do what's right. And I think a lot of people don't see that today. Yeah. It's been a long time. uh, You know, we've uh, the people coming back from war, I think uh, like, like, like you said, the guy how many times have we had a war in this country? How many times have we had to fight in our front yard uh, another another enemy, where we had arms, and we had to fight for our country? How many times have we had people, okay, I can go on and on. I'm starting to go down a road, which is not, not right. People should go to other countries and see what's happening over there. Go to Myanmar, okay, and just, and see what's happening, and, uh, and you're going to start appreciating democracy in our country. And uh, let's let's not undermine uh, the due process and the rule of law. Because it has served us well. And it has given us the freedoms we have. Anyway, there's a lot of, it, it was good arguments, but uh, uh, I wish they had a much broader view on, of it, how serious this is.
0: I think that a lot I, of people I do. Much,
1: I see this much greater, much more serious than what I've heard people talk there's a lot of really good arguments Mm -hmm. but uh, and also the argument about uh, eyes are watching is good too
0: yeah everyone's watching us and it's not about Trump it's about the next person that comes along that's smarter than Trump that has more control I mean Trump he's a bumbling incompetent loser and everyone knows that he just has the votes so they have to kowtow to him well, what if someone had the votes and they had to out to him and he wasn't a bumbling, incompetent, obese loser like Trump is? That would be dangerous. They could effectively take back an election. Uh, they could do what Trump couldn't do, which is win. You know, there's one thing Trump can't do. It's win because he's a stone cold loser. But what if someone were capable of winning, unlike Trump, who can't win because he's a loser?
1: You know what I mean? I yeah I, uh, hear what you're saying and I think everyone knows what you mean. but uh, but it uh, but more importantly, to me, the bigger picture is it happened once and it failed. So okay, well, it's never going to happen again. Just the opposite. You try something and you fail. you've opened the door, you've broken that glass ceiling. You have seen, that someone can do that, and what happens when you do that, they just turn a, turn a blind eye. So you know it's gonna happen again, and you know it's gonna be organized next time, and you know foreign, foreign uh, 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 forces that are our enemies, because we have a free country, foreign forces are gonna be there supporting it even stronger. They're not going to be supporting trying to uh, cyber uh, undermine our election. They're going to support trying to have an insurgent against our capital. You know they're going to do that. You know that's what they're thinking right now. Look at this. Why did so now we're moving in this direction. There's another milestone. There's another milestone. There's another milestone. And that's exactly how they're thinking. Now, I don't have any proof of it, but I believe it. Uh, because we have seen that over and over and over again in antiquity, and you know that's how they think, because that's just how people are. Yeah. And how many how many enemies do we have out there that are thinking that way? How many enemies have already tried to undermine our our democracy? And you know they say, "Oh, there's an opening. Now we're going to start uh, moving in that direction."
0: It's like uh, Isaac, and I think our... Isaac Newton. He said, "You know." He was only able to accomplish what he did because he stood on the shoulders of giants, and he's talking about giants in the physical sciences and mathematics. But I think that every precedent, you sort of piggyback off of that. You build a ladder, so next time it happens, unless you nip it in the butt, it's going to be
1: worse. Again, uh, you've broken the glass ceiling. You've you've opened the door. You've gone through. Okay. And for example, just an image of the Capitol. They start pounding on the door. What if they were never able to get through that door? It, it would have been different that once they pounded through the door and they went in and they start ransacking the Capitol and stealing things. Is that going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then are they going to go further? Of course they are. That's why they're there in the first place okay and that's physically now uh legislatively if you can have a have a attempted coup it failed they voted anyway and then they vote to say don't do anything about it don't have any negative repercussion of that happening you know it's going to happen again and mm-hmm. i and it was said, but i wish it would have been emphasized more Because it's not about Trump. It's not even about what happened. It's about what's going to happen next. You have to put the kibosh on this right now and say, no, everyone is in agreement. This is our country and put a steel ceiling, a steel fence right there. Don't do that again. Yeah. Because it's going
0: to happen again. I saw a YouTube video with the lawyers of this guy. Do you remember this guy? Yeah. Uh, Podium guy. And, and his lawyers were saying, listen, you know, he just made a mistake. He's a family man. He's a family man, you know, and he just needs to be shown some lenience. And then I saw in the YouTube comments, uh, the one of the top comments was, if he was really a family man, he would have been at home with his family. Not breaking into the United States Capitol. That's not what a family man does. And it's like, that's a pretty good point. I, I agree with that. I mean, just because you have a family doesn't mean you're a family man. <laughs> or just because you're a family man doesn't mean that you're allowed to commit crimes. I don't know. But I think there's a different set of rules. These people, they've never really faced uh, consequences for their actions. Why would they do something like this and not think that there would be some blowback? You know? I was in line at the gas station on January 7th, maybe. And this guy comes in. He's like a worker guy. He's got paint all over his pants. And He's like, can you believe what happened at the Capitol? I'm like, yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. He's like, those people are so screwed. How dumb can you be? I'm like, yeah, I know. They probably got all their faces. They probably got all their fingerprints, too. What I don't understand is they were on our side. They were the Trump people. (laughs) Like, how could they do that? And And I'm like, I guess they just weren't thinking. So he was, like, shocked that he supports Trump. But he was appalled that Trump supporters would s- storm the Capitol. So he was a Trump guy, but he couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, it goes far beyond uh, a person or a movement. It, it goes to our the, the foundation of our democracy and our country.
0: And I think, well, uh, just that one conversation at the gas station, I don't know too many died-in-the-wool Trump supporters. But having a conversation like that, you realize these people... That stormed the Capitol aren't the average Trump voter. I think that the guy in line at the gas station, he's more like the average Trump voter. These people are so stupid. Why would they do that? You know? That's what a Trump voter probably thought about most of these Capitol rioters. And, uh, it's it's important to keep that in mind. There's not 75 million Americans that had they been in Washington D.C., they would have stormed the Capitol. I think it's a it's a minority of the Trump base that would do something like that.
1: Well, it's a minority, yes. Uh, a Trump base is the spark, but I I bet a lot of those people, they don't care about Trump. Mm-hmm. I think some of those people just care about uh, being violent and uh, but I don't know. Uh, I'm just guessing right now. Yeah, but I'm not guessing about the consequences of what happened. And, uh, and I'm not guessing about the consequences of the vote of acquitting these actions uh, of acquitting what he did mm-hmm. uh, because it was pretty uh, well, there's no doubt what happened happened. Uh, but the the argument is, did he cause this? Did he make it happen? Uh, well, it's this has this was not one speech. Uh, this was an ongoing months and months and months of uh, of saying the same rhetoric over and over again, inciting the crowd with the same words, the same message. it got more and more and more and more, and then he pointed. And say we're going there. I'm going with you, and you say, "Oh, he didn't mean it." And they said he he was with us. He was behind us. So anyway, the point is another point you made, David, which was very good, is that uh, he didn't really. He said, "I will." I heard him. He says, "I will pay. Uh, we will do this, and I'll pay for all your legal expenses." He's not going to pay for anyone.
0: No, that was a. Uh at his rallies, he was encouraging violence. Oh, knock the crap out of him, I'll pay for your legal bills. And they were saying, it's a pattern. His pattern has been, resort to violence, it's okay, as long as it's for me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to well, find, uh, I don't know if this is, I can't get the New York Times because they don't have a subscription, so I'm out of free articles, but, do you want to watch another video?
1: <laughs> sure.
0: It's this one. Uh...
3: Many of the people who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th left digital footprints that law enforcement has used in making arrests. What does that mean, right? It's not just the riot or social media posts that give them away. Data collected by smartphone apps offer comprehensive surveillance of the movements of thousands of people that day day so the new york times opinion section got a hold of a trove of data with a hundred thousand location pings leading them right to rioters from all over the country and we are joined now by the co-author of that article stuart a thompson uh, is a writer and editor for the new york times opinion section so stuart thank you very much for joining us um so you Guys, initially received a, a bunch of data over a, a several. It was like a few years, right? It was a big sort of cache of, of of location data. Can you sort of tell us what the source gave you and what sort of identifying information was there? Yeah, so we've basically done two big
1: stories on this type of information.
0: Nice audio, guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so one we did last year, and it was over several months and covered basically the whole country many different cities and we found celebrities we found uh, politicians we found just everyday americans living their lives and the data is really granular so you can
3: see when they go to work and when they go taking a rest
0: i think that this graphic is what i wanted to show i mean the guy explaining it who cares but uh we'll play it at half speed
3: what does that mean right
0: here they are at the rally stage And then the rally ends. And, uh... <laughs> That's, uh... Mm-hmm. Seems kind of conclusive, right?
1: Who knows? What are you What are you saying? The mob stormed the Capitol? You're trying to prove that? I'm trying to say that the mob was
0: here at the rally. And then when the rally ends, they all went to the Capitol.
1: I mean... Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And yeah. He pointed and he says, we're
0: going there. We're I'm go going with you. Cap. I'll be there with you.
1: And then he went down the basement.
0: Uh-huh. He hid in a bunker.
1: <laughs>
0: like He accused Joe Biden of hiding in his basement.
1: Yeah, but, but he, yeah, he said, go. We're going down there and taking back our country. You got to. If you don't fight like hell, you're going to lose this country. Did they, they
0: didn't call any witnesses, did they, the house managers?
1: No, I think that was an agreement. They agreed not to call any witnesses. Uh, and they said today, it starts at uh, noon on Friday, uh, the 12th, that the uh, the defense side says it won't take long because they're just going to have testimony of the managers and then they'll be done. And
0: Yeah, they're going to say... A, he's not president anymore, so it's unconstitutional. B, it's all protected by first the First Amendment. That's what the defense will say.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it really doesn't matter. And I'm sure I, I'm trying to project how they're thinking. And what they're thinking is it really doesn't matter what we say. Uh, we will just say those two things, boom, 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 you know. And then because people have their mind made up. Mhm. It's not about the facts anymore. Uh it's about uh, uh what they're going to vote on. I'm going to vote this way and uh the facts don't matter. Uh your presentation doesn't matter uh because as far as I'm concerned this is my vote cuz this is the vote that that I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's about uh I'm not sure what that word is about their belief or their position it, you know, don't confuse me with the facts. I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm going to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and that's why it's going to be quick, and they probably will. And say, my my thesis is that the consequence of this is going to be much greater down the road than we can imagine, and not just at home, all over the world. I've said it many times. I don't need to say it anymore.
0: But there's, yeah, there's there's already uh, backlash against democracy. I feel like the ascendancy of china and they're exporting their model through a program called the belt and road initiative they so that's illiberal you know it's an authoritarian regime but they have a whole lot of resources and they say you can go through the western world's financing mechanism the international monetary fund the world bank and you could be a debtor nation forever and be underserved or you can allow us to build a military base in your country and we'll spend a quarter billion dollars in infrastructure spending. And people say, oh, I like the sound of that. It's like all you got to do is sort of accept our illiberal authoritarian model uh, in exchange. And they say, well, that's a better deal. You know, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Do you, would it be better to be a starving a person in a democracy, or a full person in an authoritarian government, uh, people, a lot of times they'll make decisions with based on material goods, and that material, a lot of times, it's food or you know infrastructure
1: stuff that you need. Well, they did the same thing. This is not new. This is old. They did the same thing after World War II same thing in the 50s in the southeast and in, in southeast asia same thing in the 60s and so they come in to say this and it's true but the people who are making those decisions are the leaders and that never trinkles down to the people the people don't see that the leaders do and so they're the one making the decisions are they gonna do it of course they are because it's gonna they're gonna support the, the leaders or the the leaders, and if they don't support it, well then they wipe them out mm-hmm. and bring in leaders that do, uh, and so that's the authoritarian government, and that's kind of what try what was what was attempted with our country at Washington in the Capitol. If they don't do what we say, then wipe them out and bring our people in, uh, and says no no we've we've done this. Don't care, I don't care if it was legal. Uh, this is what's going to be right. Might mm-hmm. makes right. Uh, And so they've tried that over and over again. And uh, when it does work, when they do take over, it doesn't get down to the people. And the people are not better for it. Even the people who were instrumental in making it happen, the revolutionaries, they are not the one that benefit from -hmm. it. How many people with the flag at the beginning and all those people, how many of those people are running the country they don't do it look at history history will repeat itself over and over and over again one thing that doesn't change is people
0: yeah uh i want to see if i can find this quote it was from a book i read uh milan kundera uh I don't know. I but, should have gotten this before. But you what you were saying reminds me of it. Well while but, you're
1: finding it, go ahead. It,
0: yeah, you can talk. I'll be looking.
1: Yeah, you will be looking while I talk. I'll I gotta figure something to talk about. But the uh, uh, this is just gonna spur uh, that type of uh, totalitarian government uh, all over the place. And they're gonna be look this is just supporting that. Uh, and I, I don't think a lot of the people in Washington don't see, well, a lot of the people who vote don't see that. Uh, some do. And they're trying to say, look, this is important. And others say, don't care. Don't care. Uh, my constituents uh, believe that the election was stolen. And that's how I'm voting. And some people are crying, crying and saying N- it's much bigger than that it's much more important than that it's about our government's future it's also about the future of the people of the world that are looking at us as a model we've already said all this so uh, there, there's a lot at stake here uh, and it's unfortunate that if when they, if they do it sounds like they are going to just say uh, they're not going to uh, convict him of high crimes and misdemeanors, they're not going to commit them. Uh, well, that just is going to make it much harder to move forward. Uh, and I think there's enough good people, uh, who smart people, good people, in this country and in the world. Uh, they're not going to let. They're not going to give up. Uh, they're going to keep going did you
0: find it, David. No, I did not. It's just about um, the the sentiment of it is. There's different types of people in this world. It's exactly what you were saying, and of course I'm going to butcher it, but it was during the Prague Spring of 1968 in Prague uh, against the Soviets, and the Soviets brought in their tanks and crushed the rebellion, but the lady, she was out there taking photos and stuff and selling them to the newspapers, but she realized, you know, there's different types of people in this world. There's people that have to be in the streets, and those aren't the people that end up winning the day when the revolution's over. It's a lot of the people that are sort of in their homes deliberating or, you know, in back rooms and offices deliberating and smoky, you know, with beers, talking about what's going to happen next. They're the ones that make the rules. The ones in the streets, they get cut out of that process. Every Um, time.
1: Yeah. Every time. So, but. We saw that in the 60s. We saw it in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s. We've seen it. Again, you can go even back in in history. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's found innocent, of course, he's
0: lost his mouthpiece. The president, the disgraced former president, uh, two-time loser of the popular vote, lost the House and Senate, lost the presidency. Uh, fair and square. <laughs> but when he's found innocent, do you think that? He has lost his mouth mouthpiece, but you think that he'll say, total exoneration, once again, this was just a witch hunt.
1: Yep, he will. That's his That's his MO, that's his modus operandi. Mm-hmm. He, he will do it that way. Because it works for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it works. Because these things do work. I think they it's, do work. it's fascinating. If you, in, if you go in and you kill everybody, and all of a sudden you put yourself on the throne... It does work for that moment,
0: uh, but it's not going to last. I just think it's fascinating to me that people don't see this, but it's like, uh, I'm a strong man. I'm going to strong arm. I'm going to get things done. I'm going to put America first. But every time I open my mouth, it's going to be to complain that I'm a victim. That's kind of what he's done, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to me. And we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, The lady that got killed by the cops that got shot uh, at the Capitol. She was a former Air Force. She got deep into the QAnon, Trump's going to save the world conspiracy theory. And the fascinating thing to me is she put her life on the line and lost her life for Trump. And her family and her husband... We're saying, you gotta snap out of this. You gotta stop believing this. And she chose to support someone who did not care about her at all, rather than listen to these people that obviously did care about her. And that's just fascinating to me, that someone would make that choice. When people that you know and you respect and you love and that care for you and you care for them are giving you advice,
1: you might wanna perk up your ears. Instead of following someone who really didn't care about you. Mm-hmm.
0: And, it's, and it's an ex- existential thing. I'm going to go storm the Capitol and get killed. It's not like if I were to tell you, I'm going to put 50 grand in Bitcoin. You might say, uh, Bitcoin's pretty volatile. I don't think that's a good use. Of, like, but it's not like we're going to have a fundamental uh, rift, you know? Uh, but if I were to say, I'm going to join the Moonies and move to Korea and uh, get married in a mass wedding, you might say, listen, I think that would negatively affect your life. (laughs) You should not do that. And I know that you care about me more than Sun Yun Moon's son, I think he runs it now, does. So it's like, I should weigh that when I'm taking advice from people. You know, this cult leader saying I should go join his cult. And I've known him for six weeks. But my family who have known for my whole life is saying that's probably a bad idea like whose advice do i weigh more heavily
1: very good point very good point yeah and uh this was brought out in the in the uh in the uh statements uh last couple of days that The nation that gives you the right to speak up, the 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 rule of law that gives you the right to say what you want to say, you are attacking that and trying to tear it down. Mm -hmm. If you succeed and you go in and you and you totally change things around, all of a sudden that becomes the rule of law. Violence, insurgency, a coup. And the next step is they're going to take away your ability to actually have free speech. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to have free speech anymore. If you change your mind, you can change your mind now and say, no, no, I disagree. But if you take down the government that gives you that freedom, you no longer have that freedom. And you can't say, I agree or disagree anymore. They tell you that this is what you agree on with a brain This is what you have to agree on our country. And we've seen that over and over again in China. Yeah. You're not allowed to think that they'll bring you in and they'll say, you have to believe this way or you'll never get out of prison.
0: Yeah, there's a memes like Chinese government job interview. It's like, what do you think about the Tiananmen Square massacre? I don't think, uh, you're hired. (laughs) Uh, It is fascinating that they did have an authoritarian crackdown of the military uh, where people got killed in 1989, and you can't Google that in China. Did you know that? If you Google Tiananmen, I don't know, they don't have Google in China. I think Google's not allowed to operate there. But if you Google Tiananmen Square, the equivalent of Google, whatever, um, it just shows you the square. If you say Tiananmen Square 1989, they'll show you pictures that aren't from the massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could go up to a group of 20-year-old kids in China and show them a picture of that guy standing in front of the tank and say, what's that? That's Photoshopped. Hmm. Uh, this guy, this famous picture. Let's see. Images.
1: Yeah, I know what you. I know what you're talking about. The guy standing in front of all the tanks. Yeah. Uh, this uh, guy. Which while you're finding it, yeah, there you go. Right there. There you go.
0: Uh, kids in China. Uh, they don't. They've never seen this. Isn't that fascinating? So, um, I think that you know. There's this outrage on the left that says, you know, Trump has to be found guilty. But on some level, entering into the record, all of the stuff about January 6th, showing all of this footage, putting all of this together, airing it on national TV, having it go onto the Internet where it's forever. That in some way is doing a, a duty and a service to the nation as well.
1: Don't forget that this happened. I agree. Actually, when they were saying uh, don't have this hearing, uh, my first thought was uh, the vote is important to say we're 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 putting this down. We we think this is not right. But the other thing, separate, is whether they vote for it or not. Even if they don't, if they, even if they go into this and they say there's no way that you're going to get 17 Republicans to agree with the Democrats to say yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. Do it anyway for just what you said, David, because this has to be on the record that this is what happened. Mm-hmm. It's in the record books. It's in the history books. This happened. And then our country, uh, actually a majority, we did not have two-thirds majority to say that it was wrong. Uh, they Now, they might say it's wrong, but there's reasons why we're not going to vote for it. But again, it's of record. Mm-hmm. And... And it has to be part of our history uh, because because it's true. You know, history should really be based more on truth than what they want you to believe. Truth instead of belief. And uh, so I was I, I thinking, well, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they're going to win or not or whether the, the conviction is going to go through or not. What matters is all this comes out and it's of record. That's and the important
0: thing. And it's interesting because the Republicans are saying this is just theater. This is just theater. And I think to myself that ninety percent of the public's understanding of Richard the Second or Henry the Fourth or Henry the Fifth or Henry the Sixth or Richard the Third or Henry the Eighth is from the plays of William Shakespeare. I mean, theater. Uh, creates an indelible image and you could say this is just theater why are we doing this and it's like so that people remember Uh, Yeah, it's history but history and theater have been intertwined since the 16th century you know and I think that it's important to sort of make theater out of something that you don't want to forget
1: that is I never thought of that point David I never thought of that I think that Very talented, intelligent, loyal, (laughs) uh, patriotic uh, movie makers should make a documentary of this. So it is part of our history, our documented history, telling the story. Mm -hmm. And I hope there are going to be stories that are accurate, uh, that this is exactly what happened. You can draw your conclusions, but this is what happened. Uh, And actually, I tell both sides. Uh, There was no evidence, but this is what they believe. That's important. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence that that this this election was rigged, but they still believe that. So say that, too, because this is what people believe, though there's no evidence. Mm -hmm. That's part of our history. That should be told, too. So in the future, people will say, yeah, that happened. That did happen. People believe something. They had absolutely no reason to believe it other than someone... Uh, president Trump said at the time he was president, he said, this happened. And ever and all the states and everyone said, no, it didn't happen. But I believe this one man and not, not our country. Mm-hmm. So I, that should be part of it. I never thought of that. Yeah. So may I think there should be some movies and documentaries. Documentary and actually movies on it. But too. the trial itself, even if the trial is theater,
0: that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's what No, I say. not
1: at all. Not at all, because the trial is a controlled environment where you bring uh, facts and arguments. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the arguments are based on the facts. (laughs) And sometimes they're not. There's just an argument appeal to emotion. We talked about fallacies Mm -hmm. appeal to emotion. A lot of the facts were appealing to the emotion, but then the argument was the emotion, but the facts are facts. Yeah. Well, anyway I, th- I, th- I think I think we've
0: solved all of the nation's problems in this hour
1: well we talk about this one when I put on the air <laughs> when I make a uh, make a uh, why not document what we have to say
0: yeah it's true uh, I think it's gonna be fascinating you know who knows if anyone will hear this episode and who knows if anyone will come back to it in 10 years time hey maybe by that time I'll be a, a successful movie star and I'll lose a role because they'll find a two-minute segment where I am saying, disgraced former loser President Donald Trump, and they say, you know, President uh, Donald Trump the third found this clip in the United States of Trump, and you're not allowed to have a job anymore. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. Uh, dug up this clip. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think that they're going to be a political dynasty. I think that, honestly... The father, the president, Donald Trump, has most of the juice. And I think that taking away his Twitter, uh, it's having a big effect. You know, People still think about him, but he's not on the front of everyone's mind. And he can't control news cycles like he used to because he doesn't have that that ability to message. Now people are also saying he's laying low until after the trial. Because if he comes out and does something outrageous, it'll hurt him in the trial. So we'll see, we'll see next week. Or the week after that, when the trial's over, if he'll try to come back into the public eye.
1: Oh, he will. That's just his personality. But Twitter's new, Facebook is new, social media is new. All this stuff is brand new, and that's why people said, "Oh, I didn't realize this could happen at this level." Uh, Says, "Yeah, there's a lot of smart people in this world. They're going to say we have to do something about this. They've already uh, uh, they've already pulled uh, him and done a lot of." Uh, A sanction, sanction is uh, his comments, but uh, uh, that's not about Trump. It's about uh, how do we monitor uh, all this information going on? So that, they're going to be—they're going to be—that's going to change. should change too.
0: Yeah, some people would It'd argue be... you don't monitor it. That's the point. You don't monitor it at all. It's
1: yeah, well, but again, you can't incite insurrection. You can't incite violence. You can't incite. Uh, cool. Yeah. You can't do that. So maybe you don't
0: restrict someone's ability. You punish them when they do it.
1: Yeah. Well, all these conversations, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. People are going to be talking. Smarter people than us are going to be talking about this. And what I've learned in my decades and years is that it's not about a smart person. It's about smart people. Mm-hmm. You have to get a lot of people together. And we need each other's uh, combined intelligence and combined arguments and decisions uh, to make something like this happen. I think the strength of our nation, which has been said many times, is we the people. But not only we the people in voting, but also in making decisions. And that's why I have all these people in Washington. And uh, we need to listen to all sides, uh, but have a mechanism to where once to where we have... Uh, uh, we have a, we have to have a mechanism to where everyone can speak, but we move in a direction where everyone has the, the freedom to speak.
0: OK, well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Let's just end where we started. It is five degrees outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, usually this Friday in review, we talk about what we did this week on Superstition, The Vast of Night, which I recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. It, it's a well done movie. Uh, we talked about the animal list. We'll let's do that again next Wednesday. We'll do another list just for fun. It is we fun. Have, I enjoyed that. I think that was my favorite episode we did this week. was when we did <laughs> our animal, animal list. list. Yeah, it, is, it, doesn't, it just doesn't matter, which makes it so much fun. Then what was yesterday? And, uh, uh, Matthew. Oh, and yeah. We talked about, talking about Matthew, and that was kind of disjoint, you know, going back and forth. I think next next week we'll talk about the last Part of Matthew, the Gospel Project. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be more focused, and it'll be it'll be it'll be good. So next week, whatever we do, all five days is four days. It's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be fun.
0: Well, I think it was fun to talk about impeachment, and we. I mean, I think we hashed out those four subjects in the first four days of the week pretty well. So it was kind of new sure. to get our ideas about uh, impeachment, and I. I mean, I think my opinion is he's going to be found. Not guilty or whatever. They're not going to find 17 Republican votes. But I take the view that uh, if it is theater, sometimes theater is a good way to sort of uh, get the history, the actual history, into people's minds. People will remember it. And when they point to what happened, they may point back to these video packages that the Democrat impeachment managers put together. It'll be an easy thing to say, oh, a group of Congress people put this together. Look at this. It's a video package from the impeachment. That's the history. And so it
1: gets entered into the record, and I think that serves
0: a purpose in and of itself.
1: I think the managers did a good job of documenting. But I think people who they devote their lives to making documentaries and and to making movies and uh, to communicating uh, who, are, who are who are, are, brilliant and talented in that area. I would like to see some movie makers take what the managers did, which is extremely good, and create a different kind of version, which is more which is impactful in a, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, a, movie sense, a literary sense. Mm-hmm. So they they laid out the facts very very well. Uh, let's lay out the facts in a more of a. A literary sense or a liberal arts sense I think so that, in the future
0: I think that's a good place to stop I think we solved all of the world's problems and uh, <laughs> do you have anything you'd like to add?
1: well if we're ending I just want to say tell everyone out there the Sons of Sequoia says say uh, we say keep on talking but listen more than you talk Bye.